Hi there, I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana, an issue-oriented newsmaker radio program heard weekdays on 18 radio stations with 27 signals all across the Treasure State. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. Please subscribe and we'll do our best to keep you connected. We're also on Facebook at Voices of Montana and on the Internet at VoicesOfMontana.com, where I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at Tom at VoicesOfMontana.com. Here on Voices of Montana, we're going to be talking about real estate trends, what the market is doing, what buyers and sellers need to know. That's today on Voices of Montana. So you went to that BBER Economic Outlook Seminar. Yes, sir. And it's crazy how the theme of that seminar continues just throughout the week. I didn't even I, I didn't even intend for that to happen, but they talked about housing. They talked about all yeah, this stuff, yeah. which is really neat because I, last week before the seminar and all the speaking happened, I had an idea to bring on Neil Byer. He's my Good friend and, yes. and a, a real estate agent in town. Neil, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Glad awesome. to be here. And so you're uh, Alephis Real Estate. Yes. Well done. Thank you. You said it correctly. Some people have trouble with that. <laughs> tell me um, tell me your story. You're such a fascinating oh, story. Gosh. You're such a cultured guy. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's had a big impact on my life. So before getting into real estate, I was uh, in international education. So I lived in China for about six years where I was the director of international faculty for a large private education company, bringing education professionals from the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, English-speaking countries to China to teach English, to develop curriculum, manage schools, do all that jazz. Fantastic experience, had an amazing time. Before my wife and I came back to the States, we did an amazing backpacking trip for a year where we traveled through, gosh, I think it was about 24 countries. Jeez, and we wanted awesome. to do it as authentically as possible. Yeah. So we tried to do it at lowest cost possible. So we took like the entry-level buses and trains. Uh, we used couchsurfing.com, which for those of you that don't know, it's an online community of amazing people who either open their house to travelers or their travelers looking for a place to rest their head. Um, and it's an amazing community because it's such... Uh, authentic experience when you're traveling, a true experience. You're with the people who are living there. You're hanging out with their family, eating their food. So it's just tremendous and really reminded me or allowed me to have renewed faith in humanity. Sure. You know, humanity is so beautiful and just meeting these people from all these different backgrounds, all these different nationalities, religions, cultures, and just having these amazing experiences was, was life changing. So, and then came back here to the U S lived in uh, the Bay area for some time in international education that just didn't work out from a cost perspective. Um, and Montana, I got a job offer at MSU Billings and have some history here in Montana through family. Um, so yeah, I ended up here and did that for several years. And then, uh, yeah, I, I got my master's in international educational leadership and really was passionate about that field, but things happened, namely COVID made me had to have to pivot a little bit and re re, uh, refocus my energy and identify something else that I could do that would benefit my family and allow us to stay here. Because mm. one of those other contributing factors in the change in my my field, my career was Billings and how much we love it. It's a great place to live, great place to raise a family. So in a nutshell, you know, that's that's kind of the story. I mean, that's pretty, pretty awesome. What made you land on Billings specifically? Was it the MSUB offer? Yeah, primarily. Okay. Um, and that was primarily primarily the reason, you know, I think if I had opportunities in other parts of Montana, it definitely would have been considered. Also, you know, just going back to Montana and, you know, after living in Beijing for so long, population about 28 million, just <laughs> madness in many ways, a great place to live and great experience. But Montana was nice because of the big open areas and the smaller population. Yeah. And so 
It we might feel it. like 28 million when you're eight o'clock trying to get onto Montana Ave. Right? Oh, but. no, 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 no. <laughs> Not quite. I mean, until you've experienced that, <clears throat> I actually always get a kick out of that because often uh, some people will complain about the traffic in Billings. And, you know, in Beijing, literally, there's points where you are pointing cars in every direction in the middle of an intersection, oh going God. nowhere for 30 minutes, an hour, just honking their horns at each other. That is 28 million population traffic gotcha. so i don't think we're there yet <laughs> thankfully yeah no that's good what uh what's keeping you here because i imagine what makes you a great real estate agent is you're a great consumer of of living here right mm-hmm. like you understand it i try you know obviously it's uh, required of me but it's also something that i thoroughly enjoy is getting out there meeting people networking learning about different people in the community how they're providing value in the community what they're doing um, and how we can work together to better not only Montana and the people that we serve, but each other. Um, so I'm, I'm very passionate about getting out there and, and, and increasing my knowledge of Billings and, and what's taking place within this amazing community. Did you have other options on the table when you're analyzing with COVID? Like, what do I do next? Was real estate one of many? How, how did you land on real estate? And what were some of your emotions going through that? Was the market good at the time? And were you excited? Did you think, I'm going to go crush this? Like, bring us into that that moment. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, without getting too much detail, like I just got my master's in international educational leadership. And that was where I saw my career going for the foreseeable future. Um, and then COVID hit and it really just made me rethink my wife and I about where we want to go in our future. Um, and for various different reasons, international education just didn't make sense at that time. COVID primarily, but also the field requires you to move constantly. But um, so- at that point, it's like, okay, what can I do? What do my skills align with well? What am I passionate about? And real estate kind of came into fruition. One, because I've always been interested in real estate. I've always followed it. I've always walked into open houses when I drove by, you know, just always had that interest. And in long run, want to have a portfolio of real estate investments for myself as well. Um, So that's always been there, that interest. But secondly, I really thrive in community activities and networking and forming relationships. I'm a people person at the heart, at heart, you know? So, and I think that is required if you're going to be successful in real estate, that passion for people, that passion for community. Um, so I recognize that in myself and I also missed it because I hadn't been able to really get deep dive into that in Billings because of my previous career. So those two things, that interest and passion for real estate and that interest and passion for community and people just made sense to me. Um, And it also, you know, I didn't foresee, I also think, maybe I did if, I don't know if I'm correct in in this, but I believe that Billings is on the verge of tremendous growth. Um, And I think some of the business growth we've seen supports that hypothesis um, so I think, you know, there's tremendous opportunity in Billings, not just for people in real estate, but people in various different fields. So that was another factor in us staying here, but also choosing real estate as a field, because I feel that it's something I'm passionate about, but also something that will allow me to provide value to the community and create a legacy for my family. Yeah, that's really cool. How, how is the market? How would you describe it? Because when I go online, man, I see things like... <clears throat> Uh, scary and uh, a bear market. And then I also see real estate boom. And I think there's just a lot of noise out there around this without using all the the sensational language. How do you describe the market? 
uh, kind of like a stalemate right now, right? We've got a lot of sellers who are locked in an extremely low interest rates, 3%, right? So for a lot of sellers, it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to sell right now unless there's a, a reason that they absolutely have to, right? Because if they sell right now, they're going to be giving up a 3% interest rate and getting into a higher interest rate. So a lot of sellers are kind of sitting on the sideline waiting for those interest rates to go down. On the other side of that are buyers, right? Same scenario, right? They're accustomed and are right, uh, 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 familiar with these ridiculously low interest rates, 3%, 2.5% in some circumstances. So they're also kind of in shock over these higher interest rates. So we've got both buyers and sellers kind of sitting on the sideline waiting to see what happens, waiting for these interest rates to come down. However, from my perspective, this is one of the best times to get in the market if you're a buyer. Because right now, what we're seeing is a lot of buyers waiting for those interest rates to come down. But guess what? What's going to happen when those interest rates go down? All those buyers sitting on the sideline are going to jump into the market and the competition is going to increase and the prices are going to go back up. So I would suggest if you're thinking about buying, I would highly suggest you do that now before those interest rates do come down because they're predicted. Analysts uh, uh, believe that they will come down probably not as where they were before, probably about 5.5%. Um, in 2024. Um, so when that does happen, the market's going to flood. Um, more buyers can get out there, drive the cost up of houses again. Um, so right now, if you're able to, I would suggest buying now and refinancing when those interest rates do come down. So you're able to uh, sidestep or avoid the competition that's going to be there when those interest rates do come down. I might, this is a shot in the dark, but I feel like I heard once about just there's special things out there. If you really have a wise agent to navigate some of that stuff, um, Tell me if I'm wrong, but even acquiring the the seller's interest rate on the, isn't there like a program where? Yeah. So for different mortgages, uh, FHA, VA loans, uh, buyers are able to uh, acquire their loans under certain circumstances. So depending on the financial institution that's carrying those loans, whether or not their policies allow that, but also any buyer who wants to try to acquire an existing loan obviously has to go through the application process. So if they're able to do that, do that successfully, if their financial background uh, fits for that scenario and those loans are FHA or VA loans, conventional loans are not assumable, um, then they're able to do so. Um, so yeah, that's an option to find uh, some con- some uh, uh, creative financing solutions that allow you to find opportunities to keep your your uh, your interest rate low. Um, but with VA, you know what I've learned as well for those of you who may be thinking about this. So with VA loans, if you are a seller of a home and you have a house through a VA loan, and another buyer comes through and wants to acquire your VA loan. If they do so and that buyer is not a vet because they don't have to be so, if that buyer is not a vet, then that seller cannot move forward and do a VA loan with another purchase is my understanding. Okay. Don't quote me on that. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Um, so FYI, because um, I know that might be important to you yeah. um, through your, your, your business and what you do, but, but that's what I have been told. So. Sounds like a very specific circumstance, but in general, buy and refi buy <laughs> is, and refi, is yes. the strategy right now if yes. you are thinking about buying. Another thing that people are looking to do, you know, because the market has been slower, some houses have been sitting on the market for some time. So I'm also working with some buyers who are trying to find opportunities to do a seller financing where the seller of the home actually carries the loan. 
Um, and there's some benefits to that. Um, and there's some negotiation to try to get, obviously, that interest rate lower than prime rate. So that's another thing I'm seeing with buyers. They're trying to be creative to get those interest rates lower and find opportunities that aren't going to break their bank. What is the advantage to the seller in that? Is it Are they recouping... Like they're recouping the interest instead of the bank or whatever? Is it depends that on the, the scenario, right? Yeah. And there's so many different ways that we can mold that agreement. Um, but for some sellers, particularly for sellers whose home have been sitting on the market for some time and they're not getting a lot of interest and maybe they're in a position where they really want to get that house sold. Um, but also, you know, rather than um, getting a lump sum, Maybe to some sellers, it might be attractive to getting a monthly mortgage payment over a long term. Um, so having that monthly income might be attractive to them, particularly maybe if their house is paid off and they're just paying taxes on the home. Right. Um, so it really depends on the situation of the seller and whether or not that makes sense. Obviously, for many, it doesn't. You know, Many sellers would prefer to have that lump sum payment and have that, that income that they receive from the sale of their house. Um, but for some circumstances, for some sellers, it makes sense. I've got Neil Beyer here. Uh, he's a real estate agent with Alephis Real Estate. One of the things they talked about was the uh, migration rate. And it's been the steady climb, and then it really peaked in 2022. Uh, we jokingly thought maybe that had to do with Yellowstone and people coming in just because they, I mean, they saw this romanticism to the state. But um, it's slowly going down now. It actually dropped off, and it's going to steady, right. you know, steadily, like, just... Stay flat, I guess. Yeah. Um, but what what are your thoughts as a as an agent? Maybe you don't have the specific, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, my guess would be one. I think COVID played a big role in that. I think you had a lot of individuals moving and migrating to not only Montana but other states where maybe there's more room, smaller populations. You know, so many people uh, because of COVID had the opportunity to work virtually. Um, and I think Montana, like myself, you know, it's a, a appealing place. There's a lot of room. Uh, there's opportunity. It's a great place to live, a great place to raise a family. So I think there's people escaping more congested areas uh, coming here to enjoy everything Montana has to offer. And then, you know, dipping down, you know, I would suspect that one mortgage rates had something to do with that. But also the fact that COVID, uh, while it's obviously still around, um, it became uh, less uh, or played a smaller impact uh, than it did previously. So the fear or the impact of COVID, I think, dispersed. And then also more people returning back to the office and tied to their desks again. Um, so I would suspect that that all had a, an impact or played a role in that that rise and then that leveling off. Um, yeah. I and then also Yellowstone. I've never seen Yellowstone, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say. But I, I do know that that... I, I think did play a role. You know, I think people, it's an amazingly popular show and I've never seen it, but I understand that it does glamorize and make Montana a wonderful place, uh, which it is, you know, so it's accurate. And people seeing that I think also was appealing to, to come here and make Montana a place to live. Do you deal with a lot of people coming from out of state when it comes to the, you know, new buyers and things or are you really meeting people locally and operating that way? I don't know what your percentage of out of staters is, but yeah, you know, it's it's not a huge percent. I do believe, while obviously there was uh, a number of people from out of state moving to Billings, Montana, I think that it was uh, uh, not as many or as big as locals believed or, or said. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I yeah. have worked with a lot of out-of-staters. I'm working with some now. 
Um, I'm working with a doctor right now who's, who's relocating to work at Billings Clinic. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, both, you know, I don't really focus on one versus the other. You know, I, I promote my business and advertise it and work with people that I'm able to uh, find a, a match with. So what are some of the reasons that people move, you know, to Montana that you hear? Is it the romanticism or there you go, a doctor moving here or you moved here for work? Is it work related? I, I work related, you know, we have a great unemployment rate. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of growth here. You know, a lot of people are working at the job they had somewhere else and, and virtually working here in Montana. So I, I would, based on my conversations and the interactions I have with people who are moving here, I would say the biggest reason is just the outdoor uh, adventure uh, theme, you know, the open spaces, the hunting, the fishing, um, the, the backpacking, the, the, the mountain bike riding, you know, I think they're really looking for a place that allows them to do things that they enjoy, uh, that are related to outdoor adventure. Um, so I would say that's a big appeal, but again, the open spaces, you know, I think a lot of the people we see coming here are from larger cities, uh, where obviously, you know, there's some challenges and struggles that are taking place in some of these cities with larger populations right now. Um, so they see Montana as a more desirable place to live and raise a family. That makes total sense. And you're in Billings, but I'm curious as you look around the state, you know, cause we are statewide, this is reaching audiences all across Montana. How do, how does this market compare to others? And you know, when it comes to the, obviously the median, median home value seems to be much yeah. lower here. Yeah. Um, is it a more desirable market right now or are those other markets tougher? Like I have Kalispell's what, seven, $800,000. Yeah, no, and value. obviously, you know, well, I'm familiar with those areas. It's not my specialty. I'm not familiar as familiar with those markets as I am with Billings and the surrounding area here. But yeah, I mean, from a price uh, perspective, I mean, houses in Billings are much more affordable than they are in Bozeman, Missoula, um, those areas, Kalispell. Um, in fact, we see a lot of migration, not only from out of state, but from these more expensive parts of Montana as well. I mean, Bozeman, the prices in Bozeman have gone through the roof. Um, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a price perspective, a price point, Billings is definitely a more desirable area than the other larger cities in Montana. Um, but, you know, they're different, right? They're, they're different, different places, different, cities, yeah. um, different desirability. I think different, uh, different demographics, uh, going into those areas. So, yeah. Do you think the message like here is buy and refi, right? Do you think the message is different? I like that. Buy and refi. There you go. You yeah, can take there you that. Go. <laughs> I just like cut of your commission would be great. <laughs> but do you, you think need that... to get your license first? Before <laughs> there you do that. You go. <laughs> is that strategy different in other parts based on how that market is doing there? And, and I know you're not there, but just put yourself in the shoes of a realtor in some of those places. No, I would say the strategy is the same. Obviously there's again, different demographics, different socioeconomic, uh, uh, individuals there. And I was also different demographics moving into there from out of state. Right. So no, also, you know, despite the fact that those houses are higher price points, obviously if you're able to afford those price points, I would say it's the same game plan. Um, get in there now while you can, because although more expensive houses do tend to sit on the market longer, there's left less competition and demand for those higher price point houses. But when you're talking about a city like Bozeman, where 
you know, the majority of the homes are going to be a higher price point. You know, same scenario. If you're able to uh, afford those homes and it's a place that's desirable for you, same game plan. Get in there now while you can, while there's no competition, before the prices go back up um, and refi after you buy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can take that, man. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to run with it. that on billboards. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, for the sellers, I'm curious <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, what is their strategy? And and I remember something that you said st- stood out to me. It was in a meeting we had recently, uh-huh. and you kind of told this group, hey, if you're even thinking about selling, let's talk. Yeah. Because no. there's so much we can talk about before you even pull the trigger to start Both selling. Both selling and buying. You know, I think if you're thinking about selling in spring or summer, even now is a good time to start having those conversations. Because there's more to selling a house than just putting a sign on the front yard. Um, you know, we want to declutter, depersonalize, clean it, stage it. And when I say stage it, I'm not necessarily saying that we have to have uh, other furniture brought into your house. No, we have to look at your house and identify the best way to position the furniture so that the rooms are well-defined, so that the rooms look larger, so that there's more space, so that it's an appealing option for buyers. Um, so the sooner you can start having those conversations and understand what you need to do to get your home sold quickly and for top dollar, the better. Um, and then also just to have someone walk through your home, whether that's an inspector or myself or other people, contractors that I know, and just look at other things we can do from a a maintenance perspective to ensure your house is ready to be sold. And when we get it under contract and inspection happens, there's no surprises for the seller. We want to go into the sale with our eyes wide open and be proactive versus reactive. I'm sure, you know, maybe for first time home buyers or sellers, I'm learning more and more just how plugged in you all are, mm. right? And and the recommendations of who should home inspect and who should mm. do all these other things, right? It seems like you have your like network. It's almost like a team outside mm. of the the brand itself. Yeah. Um. So it, I think a lot of, does that hold people back sometimes? Like thinking about everything that has to be done? Well, I don't think people necessarily understand how important that is in real estate, right? And, and that's one of the reasons you should really work with a realtor that is full-time and actively engaged with the community because those connections can mean a lot. Having those relationships with other contractors, with other professionals in the community that you may have to rely on or a service you need when you're, we're selling your house or when we're buying a house, because having those relationships, someone I like, know, and trust and can refer to you. And I know that they're going to be honest and do a good job and they're going to be available to us. Um, so having those connections and relationships are key um, and, and very valuable. Like when it was a crazy market and houses were being sold for a tremendous amount of money, um, and contractors even today are extremely busy, right? So if you don't have those relationships, sometimes it can be difficult to get a contractor in the house to do the repairs that we need to be done. Gabe Erickson filling in for Tom Schultz on this Thursday morning. Our guest today, Neil Beyer with Alephis Real Estate. And uh, the brokerage is EXP Realty. EXP Realty. Thank you, sir. I'm, I'm going to read something here. I printed this off before okay. the show. And it's from an article online. So, how is the real estate market in Montana? Sluggish. Home values in Montana rose by 64% in the last five years. Does that surprise you? No. No? It surprises me that they think that's sluggish. <laughs> go, <laughs> go on. Tell me more. Um, you know, I mean, I, nationwide, we've just seen. Uh, 
the cost of real estate and the prices and the value of real estate increase uh, substantially. Um, you know, sluggish, I would say that this is probably a more normal real estate market. You know, I think we were spoiled previously. I shouldn't say spoiled. Um, sellers <laughs> were spoiled previously when they were selling a house and getting uh, multiple offers on a house. Um, so if you compare it to that and where we were two years ago and the amount of money people were getting for their houses and how quickly they were going off the market, then yeah, maybe we are sluggish compared to what we were doing at that point. But you know, I, I would say that it's still a strong market. There's still demand. Um, interest rates obviously have had an impact on that. I think 2024 is going to be an amazing year. I think uh, those interest rates are going to come down once they do. Um, and again, they're not going to come down to where they were previously. We will likely never see that again. But once they do come down to a place where people are more comfortable, more sellers are going to hit the market, more buyers are going to hit the market. And I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of uh, uh, movement in the real estate market, not only in Montana, but nationwide. Yeah. How would you categorize like the inventory right now? Is that sitting well? Is it low? It's low. It's yeah. low. Um, you know, for multiple reasons. Um, one, again, because of interest rates, a lot of sellers are sitting on their homes. They, unless they have a need to sell, they don't see a value in it, right? Because of the interest rates that they have. Um, but also we see a lot more investors buying a property and a lot more people holding on to not only their primary home, but their previous homes as well. And as long as people are doing that, you know, um, but another factor that comes into play are because home values have gone up so much, let's say that there's a couple that have lived in a house for multiple decades and they got that house for a great price. Now that house, the value has increased 60%, you know, probably more if they've had that house for decades themselves or in their family. So now the taxes that they have to pay on that house are going to be substantial because of the value increase in that house. So that's another factor that is now causing more people to hold on to their houses longer because from a financial perspective, they don't see, um, you know, paying that much in taxes, which could be a, a very big amount depending on the value of the house. That doesn't make sense to them from a financial perspective. Despite so, the huge ROI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Because, because the taxes could be substantial, right? right? So depending on the price point on that house, the value in that house, maybe for them rather than to get into a smaller home because they're empty nesters now from a financial perspective, they think it might just make more sense to stay where they are. So there's several reasons that I think uh, inventory is uh, lower than we have seen and, and would like. If I'm a seller and I want to be well-equipped to approach this, it sounds like I need a realtor. I need a CPA. Like who do I need around me to make sure that I can navigate this with ease and make the right decisions for me and my family? I would say realtor and a good realtor is well-connected, number one. Okay. Because if you don't have those relationships and connections with those other professionals, a good realtor would be able to advise and uh, refer you to professionals that are very good at what they do. Um, but I would imagine that many of us already have those relationships with those other professionals. So I would say definitely, you know, talk to those other individuals as well to get a uh, perspective from them, what their viewpoint is. Um, obviously, I imagine that, you know, a CPA, a financial advisor, all these individuals are going to be able to provide you with information and guidance that maybe myself as a realtor wouldn't be able to do so. Um, but also some financial advisors, obviously, they've been working with for multiple years and have a strong relationship with. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that anybody who has knowledge or uh, uh, experience uh, in 
finances in real estate in economics um, and knows you well in your situation, definitely talk to them as well. Yeah. Because of all of the data in this industry, right? There's so much traceable, the numbers, the home values, the interest rates year over year and all of that stuff. It seems like there's a sea of data out there, but I'm really curious, like, what do you think is the biggest lever when it comes to buying or selling? Is it the interest rate? Is it the home value? Because all of this stuff is being thrown out there that affects the market, quote unquote, right? But what is the biggest, you know, single lever that you see? Well, it really depends on what side of the transaction you're on, right? Um, demand is going to play a huge role um, in the value and the prices of homes. So I would say that is probably one of the biggest factors. How much demand is there in the market right now? If there's a lot of demand, that is good for sellers, but may not be as good for buyers in terms of getting the best price for a house. Um, on the flip side, if demand is low, right, then this is probably a better time. It's more of a buyer's market and they're going to have more advantages in purchasing a house, less competition, um, seller concessions. Um, seller concessions are when it is negotiated that the seller pay a portion or all of the closing costs mm. for the buyer. Um, and this is a market where seller concessions are, are, are popping up a lot more. Um, so I would say that's probably one of the big in indicators, depending on what side of the market you're on, is demand um, and inventory. Um, so that, that's what I would, I would go with. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, another article I was reading this morning was that new home sales have jumped like crazy in comparison to older construction. Yeah. Have you noticed that as well? Well, new home sales, I mean, again, the low in inventory, what we're seeing a lot is just people who are in established homes aren't selling for whatever reason. Um, so for that reason, it is obviously uh, uh, drives builders to build more homes because there's demand for homes. Um, so those builders are building to meet that demand because inventory is lower than we'd like. Um, and I think there's also an interest um, in new builds. And if they can be affordable, it can be an attractive option. Yeah. Shifting gears just slightly, but what's it like to be a realtor, man? Oh, it's great. Yeah. I love what I do. You know, I love helping people achieve their real estate dreams. Um, homes obviously are arguably the biggest investment that one will ever make. Um, and it's more than just four walls and a ceiling and a roof. You know, it's where people accomplish their goals. They make their dreams happen. They build families. They create um, so being able to contribute and be a part of that is really exciting and thrilling. Um, but also just to be able, you know, for real estate, and I think more so than most other fields, it really, uh, you really have to be involved in the community to do it well, in my opinion. You have to know the ins and outs of a city, of a county, you have to have the connections necessary to provide a, a higher level of service than your, your competitors. Um, and I really enjoy that. I enjoy being a part of the community. I enjoy providing value to the community. And I enjoy achieving my clients' real estate goals together with their best, best interests always in mind. Do you ever hear stories like years later or months later, like, hey, we had a kid or, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, 
I keep in touch with all my clients, you know, and, and really touch base and one, want to make sure that they're comfortable and satisfied with their purchase. And I tell them after closing, you know, at all times, I'm always available to you just because we've closed on this house does not mean that you can't call me if you need a referral, if you're having a challenge with your house, um, but also just to see them grow and, and develop and, and, and make the house their own. Um, very often I'll be invited to the housewarming parties or to a barbecue, you know. So hopefully my goal is, one, with everybody I work with, clients and contractors included, they just feel the need to tell others about their incredible experience. Um, but two is to just build those relationships beyond client uh, uh, realtor and to have relationships that uh, can really become friendships and, and relationships where we move forward as people who enjoy each other's company and like to be <laughs> together. Um, so that's, that's kind of my goal. You know, I, I want people to uh, enjoy working with me and, and want to have a desire at least to some extent to maintain those relationships. Yeah. yeah. Now, as we went to break, you were thinking about it. Oh gosh. But we, uh, we were talking about the craziest story and, and, you know, maybe there's a top five, so pick one. But well, I've got, you know, and it's not my story, but it's a crazy story. So maybe I'll tell that because I haven't had any outrageous experiences. You know, obviously some houses are in better condition than others. And that's always kind of surprising. And there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers in Montana as well. So sometimes you'll walk in a house and you'll like look at something, a wall or, you know, and you'll be what were they thinking, you know, because you could tell that it was some guy who thought that he knew what he was doing and wanted to save a couple bucks. So he decided to do it himself. And sometimes that can go awry. Yeah. Um, so you see a lot of that uh, in, in Montana and in older homes. Um, but, you know, one of my colleagues who is uh, very good at what she does, um, she had an instance and this actually made the news. She uh, it was on TikTok. It, it went it went big. Um, and she was showing a house by herself. She had a client from out of state and they're walking through the house doing the tour and there was someone in the house oh, man. Um, and she terrified her, obviously. And he wasn't supposed to be there. It was not uh, the owner, not the owner. No. Oh, um, so she screamed and yelled and, and ran out of the house and in, in, in terror. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one example of what can happen and also a reminder to all the realtors out there to be safe, right? To be uh, aware of your surroundings. Is there like a training, a training, like safety training you guys go through to understand some of those things or is this Actually, just all there's not, as you know, you now I think there is an app and I'm not that familiar with it. Um, but there's an app that is uh, provided that's become more popular to provide protection and to, uh, create awareness and safety for realtors who are, who are out on the field. Um, because it, it is true, you know, often we are going into homes that are empty um, in all different parts of the community. Um, so you really have to be aware of your surroundings to make sure that you're safe um, because things do happen. Yeah. Yeah. So for those just tuning in, we're talking with Neil Byer with Alephis Real Estate and the brokers e EXP Realty. Yes, okay, just getting that right. Hire buyer. Um, hire buyer. There you yeah. go. Um, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so you know, I, I hope that it's relatively easy to find me. I'm, I'm pretty good, have a pretty good uh, a presence on Google, on Facebook. My phone number is four zero six two seven two sixty five sixty eight. Please feel free to call, text, or message me for any reason. I'm always available to you. To my wife, chagrin, um, but uh, I, I really enjoy what I do. I'm passionate about what I do, and I really. Uh, 
enjoy helping people achieve their real estate goals. So do not hesitate to reach out if you feel like I can be of help to you, a family member, a relative. I'm always available to you. Yeah. And and just in case someone's just tuning in, let's just hit them with that high level. How's the market in the state and in Billings here? Because I, I want to make sure if anyone is just tuning in, they have a chance to hear yeah. what we talked about early on. It's, 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 you know, I, Billings overall is a very strong market. You know, we've always been an outlier, never really impacted by the other, uh, uh, the dives or the dips or the crashes that other, uh, places have seen in terms of real estate. Um, so that is, should not be a concern. Uh, if you're a seller or buyer, I do not foresee any prices dropping and having substantial drops in our real estate market. It's a strong market. Um, kind of at a stalemate right now, interest rates have kind of put people on the sidelines, kind of a wait and see uh, type of perspective. Um, but in 2024, we anticipate those rates to come down to about five and a half. Don't have a crystal ball, but that's what we're predicting. Um, and once that happens, we imagine and we uh, anticipate that sellers will get in the market, buyers will get in the market. And when that time comes, um, prices will likely go back up because competition is going to drive those prices up. Um, so that is kind of the, the forecast right now. If you are sitting on the sidelines as a buyer, I suggest you get in the market now. It's a great time to get in the market. There's not a lot of competition. There's a lot of advantages to buyers right now. And that may change in 2024. Cool. Today, we're talking about this super important uh, subject around real estate. Yeah. And, you know, to stuff. all the stats and all the things and people saying it's a boom and it's a drag and it's sluggish and it's great. But uh, Neil's just been giving it to us real straight today. Neil Byer with uh, Alephis Real Estate. EXP Realty. EXP Realty. Buyer, buyer. Just kind of cutting through the noise, telling us how it is. It's, yeah, high interest rates. You should buy right now. If Not, you. Uh, Higher, right? Higher. Because historically, I mean, in the past, we've seen rates as high as 18%, you know? So again, we've been spoiled at 3%. Yeah. So. Perspective's everything. Yeah. So yeah. real quick, if you're a seller, talk to Neil and talk to another realtor, whoever you trust, I think is your big thing, right? Absolutely. Like Interview, you know, talk to people, find out who you click with, find out who is experienced, knows the market, and you feel comfortable with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Neil, for being here, and thank you for listening. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast, and join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for more Voices of Montana on local stations all across Montana.